When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bottom punch. Oh man, good, good. That's what I like to see. Eight game slate. This has been a good week for slates. This is the NBA Strategy Show. I am Josh Engelman. I am joined by Adam Share. We are brought to you by Better. Eight games ahead of us. Full late slate. It's weird. This one starts at seven thirty, and most of the slate is happening on the late. They should have just dropped the seven thirty and eight o'clock games. Just went all the way to nine. That would have been my suggestion. Just kidding. That wouldn't have been my suggestion. Please don't listen to that. Do hit the like button. Listen to this. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the notification bell so you know when everything goes live. Follow us both on Twitter. What's up, Adam? How's it going? Uh, hopefully, we don't have any nets situations today. I'm I'm a little over the what feels like late March, early April NBA on one or two of these teams for the past couple slates. Yeah, I mean that that was wild. Like we, we we talked about it, we knew there was a good chance it was going to happen. It still happened more extreme than I expected it to. Uh, I yeah. tweeted it out before halftime. It was a single digit game, and the Nets had Jalen Wilson, Armani Brooks, I think Noah Clowney, Whitehead, and. Dennis Smith Jr. probably yeah it might have been Watford or Dennis Smith one of them on the (laughs) floor like as a five-man lineup in a eight-point game in the first half in December I knew that game or I thought that game was going to be wild I did not think it was going to be as bad as it was it was just dumb so dumb just trying to win the lottery of picking the right random dickhead that was going to do it. We didn't get that one right, unfortunately. We, we, I mean, we got the 8X guy, uh, or I got the yeah. 8X. I had 26% Brooks. I just didn't have yeah. Jalen Wilson. Yep, same. It's just so dumb. So dumb. So incredibly dumb. I don't understand what they were doing. I don't, it makes no sense to me. Like, the part that's really weird is I get it for Bridges. Right. What are we protecting on Royce O'Neal to have him play like 12 minutes and then not play anymore? Like what he's got, he doesn't have this like consecutive game streak that we're trying to dodge. What's right. the and point of that? Like Greg maybe was right on Cam Thomas. Uh, he said that maybe it's a six man of the year thing. They wanted to get him the game played. Um, I I don't know, but yeah, it was weird. Like I didn't know what to, it, once, once I decided to just project Bridges to do what he did, I didn't know what to do with Thomas and O'Neal since they are real players. But yeah. it was also like, okay, well, O'Neal hasn't been getting a ton of minutes lately. Maybe they'll play him more. Uh, Cam Thomas is Cam Thomas. I'm sure he'd like to just go out there and shoot 100 times. And By then, the way, I'm going to shit on that thought process right away. He played 12 minutes. That doesn't even qualify. Isn't it your average? Don't you just have no. to average so you 20 get, minutes? No. So it's... There's a qualification range for, I believe, all NBA and MVP. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they have two different qualifications where as long as you play 20 minutes, the game counts. You can add in two like bonus games that count if you play between like 14 and 19. Okay. But it's not 12. So now, they actually that's were... different for six man, which I don't think that it is, but maybe that maybe it could be. I don't okay, think so. They just straight is. up don't count games. I thought you just had to average 20 minutes. No. 
So, so then, oh, but bridge, bridges is just for starts. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, that's why when I told you, I was just like, I'm going 20, the range that he really needs. Cause he hasn't had a game in the, you can get two near misses where a player can appear from 15 to 19 minutes that can include in the 65 game count. He doesn't have any yet. So I was like, okay, they can get him to 14, take the near miss, whatever, add it back in. Now this is for all NBA for sure. I can't imagine they have different thresholds for different awards. That just seems overly complicated for no reason. So the way that I'm looking at it right now, you need at least 15 minutes for, to ever include that game. And they didn't do that either. So yeah. like it counts for bridges for consecutive games, but that doesn't count if he needs to add that game back in for eligibility for all NBA later on. Well, but you wouldn't want it to either because so it makes sense that he played fewer than 15 because you don't want to be including stats from the game where you played 15 minutes. Well, they're included no matter what. They don't remove well, I thought you just said they removed the game. Devo- no, no, no. No. Nothing gets removed from your stats. Okay. The game just doesn't count as a you can you have oh, to be you, you have to you play 65. 65. Yeah, okay. you have to get to 65. So that game just simply doesn't count to that list now because he didn't play two more minutes. Okay, yeah, yeah. Now, now I'm following. So they so, obviously yeah, didn't care goes, about just... that eligibility piece. Right, so Because they were willing goes, to draw that one. It doesn't matter. Not that I can tell. Not that I can tell. So, yeah, that, that, was, that was strange. Yeah, that's, like, that's if, where it really makes no sense to me. Even if you went back and looked, because they had like an identical game last year. If you went back and looked at that one, the starters did the same thing. But the starters in that case were like Nerlens Noel, Seth Curry, like yeah. old dudes that it's not surprising at all would just not play in that game. Yeah. The O'Neal piece I get is just, well, it's to a degree. I don't know why you play him at all to do that and make him get ready and do any of that shit if you really didn't give a, like you didn't care about a competitive game in the middle of it. So what did we care about at the beginning? The t- Cam Thomas one, I, I could never have gotten to. That's like the best thing that he could do is just go crazy in a game where like he has carte blanche to do whatever he wants. Right. That that was what I ultimately ultimately pretty much landed. I, I still didn't go too crazy. I, had, I gave him like 34 minutes. I didn't do like 38 or anything. But I figured for him and Dayron Sharp, it was like, hey, guys, go have fun. Yeah. You guys work all the time to like for this moment. Right. Dayron Sharp in particular. Like, yeah. Sharp. Like th- Thomas was like, all right, well, he is a normal big piece of you know their rotation maybe they kind of take it easy sharp like yeah you're the backup to nick claxton you perform well when you're out there go have a game a the dynasty just saying what's up gonna be a tough but fun slate god bless thank you for the super chat man. it's always good to have you around here so thank you for being here adam are you ready to break down this slate because i'm tired of yelling about the nets yeah we got a lot to talk about and we're starting it off with the Detroit Pistons, who are 16 and a half point underdogs in Boston. And I know you're looking at that thinking, well, that's a pretty big line. They're pretty big underdogs. And you would be right. But the problem is, we also have Q tags on Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. This line should be bigger than 16 and a half. I have a sneaky suspicion we're going to lose a Celtic or two as we move on. Celtics, by the way, plus 10 net rating on the year. Detroit, minus 9. That's 19, just splitting that difference, even if you don't include home court. So I think we're going to see at least one of these dudes sit. Doesn't really matter for right now. On the Detroit side, Killian Hayes is probable. Beef Stew is out. 
Asar Thompson is probable. Only Jalen Duran is getting any real ownership here at 14%. I think he looks solid at 6,200, but you really need every single minute for, for Duran today because I don't like talking about blowouts, but, you know, it's real. Yeah, I mean, this is, if you're going to talk about it, this is the game where you would do it. 6,200 is certainly a good price tag. It does make him interesting. 13.5% ownership, 12% optimal percentage for Duran. I'm getting to 10% right now. That would be my highest owned guy from the Pistons. I have no problem with that. You know, again, there's a lot of risk here, but great rebounder, very good point per minute guy, very reasonably priced. If somehow this game is competitive, he played 33 and a half minutes last game. We have no reason to be concerned about his workload or minutes limits or anything like that. Uh, you should be concerned about the fact that he just might not step on the floor in the fourth quarter. But uh, last game, he did also start the fourth quarter, which is if, if they were to maintain that rotation, he started the second quarter and the fourth quarter. That is a nice thing to have in a game that could blow out. Um, you just hope that it's not, you know, 50 points after three, but if it's like 18, 19 after three, he probably does come back and at least start the fourth quarter, uh, which is good as well. So I'm getting to him. I'm not getting to much else. Asar Thompson showing up 5%, Boyan showing up 2%, Fields at 4% on Thompson, 1% on Bogdanovich. Um, not much of anything here outside of getting to some Jalen Dern. Yeah, it's it's a tough spot. I mean, we're talking about the number one offense, the number two defense. Like Detroit might just score 58 points in this one and the Celtics beat him by 40 it's it's really really ugly and for anybody that's trying to be like oh mate who will play in the blowout just immediately unregister for boston as i mentioned jalen brown q tag and jason tatum q tag i think one or both of these guys is sitting or something's happening here for boston because this line just should be bigger i don't know if it matters i don't know how you project these guys for real minutes uh highest owned guy is drew holiday at seven percent right now whatever starter plays I don't care if that guy ends up in a lineup because the spot is obviously fantastic, but this is an impossible journey. Yeah, and I mean, they're relatively expensive. It is a good matchup, like you said. Um, Drew Holiday, 6,700, getting the most ownership at 7%. He's my highest owned guy at 3%. 2% White, 2% Porzingis, 1% Jalen Brown. Um, the salaries are fine, but they don't stand out as being particularly cheap. They are on the... The, the problem with the Celtics, too... Because, again, hate talking about blowouts. Definitely hate not rostering guys from the team that is favored in a blowout. Yeah. Because usually, if the game blows out early and it costs them minutes, somebody did really well. The problem here is, one, Boston has so many good players that they could all just have, like, decent games and it turns into a blowout. Two, Detroit is so, so bad that they yeah. could all just have decent games and it turns into a blowout. And three, they're one of the best defensive teams. And Detroit is terrible. So... Boston guys could really just be normal and not do anything special. And Detroit has 60 points after three quarters and it's 90 to 60. Like, yeah. again, so again, you're not going to be upset about getting to any of these guys, but in terms of like the things that people always bring up in games with big spreads that normally it's like, yeah, I don't really care. Those things actually are scary in this spot. Yeah. Now, if we get Brown and Tatum out, you best believe I'm going to be very interested in Derek White, Drew Holiday and Chris Tapps Porzingis. Like that is going to be a big time change in this spot. Do you think you'll be getting to a bunch of those guys if that happens? Um, more than I am now. I view it as one of those spots where I don't think like if, if one of them's ruled out, I don't think it's suddenly just jam Boston across the board day, but no. it takes these guys from showing up in, you know, 3% of my lineups to 10% maybe. If it's both of them, I think that's sure. big for yeah, because then Derek you're talking White about... and Drew Holiday. Right. Because then, then you're talking about 
increased minutes for guys, increased production for guys, and also just a lowering likelihood of this game getting out of hand. Yeah. Keep your eyes peeled. That's that's everything in this game is contingent upon whether or not Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are sitting today. If those two guys are in, I, I, I don't know what you do here. Like they should. Detroit would have a better chance of beating Boston College today than Boston, the NBA team. That they well, would, I would they hope should... so because they're a college team. Well, I mean, what point were you trying to make just now? I don't know. I was just trying to make some joke about I mean, Detroit <laughs> being shitty. Indiana Pacers, two and a half point favorites. Any, any Boston high school teams you think the Pistons could beat? I, I don't know. Indiana Pacers are two and a half point favorites in Chicago, 241 total. Let's just skip past that. Like I didn't say it in the morning. Uh, Isn't it nice when I actually listen to what you're saying? No. No, it's not. I've you know me. I've always advocated for you to not listen during the shows. It's definitely the thing I want the most. Thirteen percent ownership coming into Jalen Smith at forty nine hundred. Eleven to your boy Andrew Nemhard for the Pacers today. We are waiting on no news. I believe Bruce Brown already out. I am getting to that Jalen Smith ownership. That scares the living shit out of me right now. I have a little bit of Nee Smith as well. Tough spot for Indy. Like this, Chicago is the inverse. They're incredibly slow. How do we want to handle? All right, let's start here. Are you assuming the same starting lineup? Yeah, I don't really know what else to do. Um, it's an 8 p.m. game, so we may or may not get it before the Detroit game. Um, fortunately, at least right now, there's not a lot of ownership in the Detroit game, so it yeah. probably doesn't matter a ton. But I don't really know what else to do at this point other than assume the same starting lineup. Um yeah, I mean, obviously it could change in a variety of ways. Heald could come back, Smith goes to the bench, Neesmith goes to the bench. Like, there's a lot of ways it can change, but I don't really know how else to handle it, especially because they did win that game. Um, the only thing that I think is somewhat different is that was a game against Shangun and Jabari Smith as opposed to yeah. um, DeMar DeRozan at the four. Yeah. So Yeah, a little different. Yeah, like, wouldn't be surprising at all if the starting lineup here is, say, Heald in place of, of Smith with, you know, Neesmith defending DeRozan that yeah. would actually make a lot of sense. So I am not convinced at all it's the same starting lineup, but I don't really know how else to project it. I gave 22 minutes to Smith, 4,900. The fact that he's center only is unappealing, but he looks like a good point per dollar play. And maybe he falls into some extra minutes. Like they're available if he needs them. I just don't think they're likely. Yeah. I mean, if he starts uh, the field's at 13% right now, I'm at 13%. Perfectly fine with me. Price tag is up to 4,900. He is still center only on DraftKings. So the opportunity cost is still high. We saw him play 23 minutes in that game. He didn't close. Uh, and again, there is some chance that he doesn't even start this game. So um, if he starts, he looks fine. I don't think this is a, you know, Daron Sharp type guy, though, where you're just jamming him in. I don't want to say this as if I don't think that this guy is an okay play today. But if Andrew Nemhard really is 48% owned on FanDuel, there's some free money to be found. Yeah. What's his salary there? 5K point guard, shooting guard. Like it's a yeah. it's a solid option for somebody that's going to play like 33 minutes as a starter, but uh, it's not a 48% option. <laughs> that won't that won't be there by the time we get to lock. Um, he did get a favorable yeah, like, rotation last game. Yeah, I mean, like big minutes, everything's going to be good there. It's just the problem is what we've notated before. He's not that great alongside Tyrese Halliburton. And as Nemhard's minutes go up, unless they're staggering these dudes in an aggressive way, which uh, doesn't appear to be the case. They did. They did. I mean, how much? Nemhard played every single minute Halliburton wasn't on the floor. Did he really? 
Did I look at the wrong rotation then? That's why I said it the way that I said it. Who did I look at? I was no, positive that they ran it like he was the Aaron Neesmith rotation. That's still only 10 and a half minutes, but he did play yeah. every minute that Halliburton was. Around. Yeah, that's. I mean, the problem lies in the fact that Halliburton is going to play as many minutes as he can handle. Right. And like that is a tiny number. And not surprisingly, uh, for anybody that uses popcorn machine, um, you can see within each stint, it's notated how many points they scored and then uh, just how many, what is it, total stats they got. Um, and like to, to open the first or to open the second half, seven minutes and 13 seconds of zero and zero. And then subs back in immediately 4-1 in two minutes and 52 seconds without Halliburton. It's just, uh, he does nothing when Halliburton's out there. Yeah, I, I must have flipped Nemhard and Neesmith when I was just looking at it, which tends to happen when both guys' names uh, begin with an A and their last names begin with an N. It is mildly blurry when you look at those guys. I do think that I need more coffee, though, Paul L. You are absolutely correct. I need more just to put up with the dumb shit you're saying. Yeah, that's fair. I'm not in any position to refute this right now. I, it's, I'm not off to the greatest start. Uh, Bulls side is going to be fun. DraftKings priced up Drummond a little bit. Not even close to enough. He's 45% owned at 7,500. FanDuel came to play. They're at, he's at 8,900 on FanDuel. So that, that's a testament to just what Drummond is. 25% ownership coming into DeMar, who I think looks fantastic today. Uh, 12 to Caruso, which is annoying. I hate getting him. Uh, only seven to Kobe White, but let's start with Drummond. This is very clear to me that this isn't even close to what he should be priced at. Yeah, I mean, 7,500 is still really cheap. You know, there's obviously, I'm sure there's going to be some people that are looking at this going, oh, wow, his price jumped, you know, you're chasing points, whatever. Those people are wrong. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the minutes are there. This isn't somebody that you're concerned about his playing time or, or anything like that played 30 you don't think terry times. taylor is just going to take those rotations right yeah there, there's no actual backup center here 38 and a half minutes last game one like one and a quarter DraftKings points per minute for the season we know from plenty of years as a starter that this isn't like somebody that just torches bench units and can't produce fantasy points against starters uh, he gets defensive stats which like i think he's like 9k or something on fanduel but looks great there too he's not a 100% play today at 7,500, probably. Like, if you wanted to play him 100%, you can. It's He's clearly one of the best plays on the slate. It's not like the other day where, you know, you're just wrong if you're not. But he's still getting 45% ownership. Uh, if the slate started right now on DraftKings, I'd have 49%. I would not be upset if it got even higher than that. Uh, the only reason that he is only getting 45% ownership and I only have 49% is just that there are plenty of other guys in his price range that you probably don't want to just not be getting at all. Um, it has nothing really to do with Drummond versus the price tag though, because he's still underpriced. Indiana Pacers, middle of the pack offensive rebounding team. So Drummond should still be fine there. They are 28th in defensive rebounding. So uh, maybe some putback. You just got to hope that Drummond can score there. Uh, he does shoot at the rim as if you and I are the yeah. shooters at the rim, which makes but, very little sense to me, but uh, the rebounds will be there. Not necessarily a bad thing, though. You can get the uh, Bam out of bio special. Offensive rebound, miss layup. Offensive rebound, miss layup. Offensive rebound, yeah. miss layup. Yeah, but this he should just clean up on the glass here today. Uh, thoughts on DeRozan, 8,300, small four, power four. Just looks like great flexibility and an outstanding matchup. Yeah, it looks good. I'm not getting as much as the field right now. Um, I think that can just be put on repeat for every strategy show and every deeper dive at this point regarding the Rosen. But um, yeah. I have 16%. We have him with a 17% chance of being optimal, 24% ownership. So like I said, not getting as much as the field, but 
still getting to him. Um, I'm getting to Alex Caruso as well. He's the third guy on this team getting double-digit ownership. Shooting guard, small forward, 5,500, 12% ownership, 15% chance of being optimal. I have 19% of him. Uh, so I'm a little over the field on him, a little under on DeRozan, slightly over on Drummond. But all three of those guys look good. Very, very good matchup. Uh, and then beyond that, I'm just getting smaller amounts of, I have 7% Kobe White along with the field, 7% Patrick Williams fields at four, 3% the soon move fields at two. Um, nothing crazy with the rest of those guys. All righty. It's just a good spot for Chicago Bulls, that's for sure. You don't have 97% Javon Carter to start of the day? Uh, no, which is surprising. I hope it doesn't mean I'm going to have it at the deeper dive. All right, folks, hit that like button if you are here. We got to talk schedule for the rest of the day. That is very important. You know what Thursdays are like around these parts. 11 a.m. coming up next, NFL Strategy Show. You also get the Rainmakers NFL Show at 1.30. You get the Owner's Box Live Show at 4.30. Adam and I come back for the Deeper Dive at 5.30. NBA Live Before Lock at 6.30. NFL showdown live before lock tonight at 730 NFL game for tonight barn burner Jets Browns I would hope that I like lose power before that one starts um don't need that gem oh, Joe Flacco revenge narrative alert here going back to the Jets Is that a real thing I don't know but that's the schedule for today also You guys hear me say it every day, and I'm going to say it again right now. Use our avatar. Grab our logo, stochastic.com slash avatar. DraftKings, FanDuel, Owner's Box, Yahoo, wherever you're using it. If you finish in the top three of a contest with 5,000 or more entries, you can get one month of whatever you're looking for at Stochastic. That's a $200 value. Get a Sims package for the NBA for a month if that's what you want. All you got to do is tweet that result at Stochastic HOF. We want to show off what you did, and we want people to see our logo next to your name. So go to Stochastic.com slash avatar and grab it. Next game up, Dallas Mavericks, 10-point dogs in Minnesota, 227 total. No idea what these guys are going to be doing today. Dallas is on a back-to-back. We got Josh Green back yesterday. There's no telling who's going to be available for this Dallas Mavericks team right now. 10% ownership coming into an 11-8 Luka single digits across the board for everybody else. Lively was awful yesterday, which was pretty annoying considering I was on him all day. Uh, I have 20% Luca at 10% ownership. That'll always work for me. Otherwise, I got to know what they're doing first. Yeah, uh, it was pretty annoying for me too, considering I wasn't on him most of the day and then still ended up taking a huge stand. Um, yeah, yeah Luca getting 10% ownership. I have 15%. Obviously, I'm always going to be happy to get there, assuming that he plays. Uh, tough matchup. Minnesota is one of the best defensive teams in the league, but it's still Luca. He's still averaging like 40 minutes per game in the games he's played without Kyrie this year. Don't think there's a lot to say there. Um, played 36 and a half yesterday, so kind of got a breather, I guess, but uh, still going to look really good if you can get to him. Other than that, uh, 11% Derek Lively for me. He's getting 5% ownership. Happy to go back to that uh, in a less aggressive way than last night, but still getting around 2x the field. 1% Derek Jones, 1% Grant Williams. Looks like pretty much Luca and Derek Lively for me. Yeah. Uh, I don't know much and, to add. Lively, Terrible um, matchup too. Yeah, and one thing to, one thing to point out with Lively, um, if you look at just his average playing time over really any section of, you know, last five, last 10, it doesn't tell the full story. You had a game where he played six minutes and got injured. And then yesterday he was in foul trouble right out of the gate, uh, picked up, two fouls in his first four minutes ended up only playing 24.8 minutes in games where he's not in foul trouble. You should be expecting 32 plus minutes from Derek Lively. Yeah. 
completely agree. But they are, I mean, like Anthony Edwards gets to get thrown at Luca. McDaniels is going to eat a bunch of Luca possessions. Like, this is a tough day for Luca scoring. Oh, yeah. The three needs to be falling for him today because getting to the rim after those two guys on the perimeter is going to be tough sledding. Yeah. If there's a slate where I'm not upset that I don't have like 50% Luca without Kyrie, it's this one back to back, 11,800, brutal matchup. Yeah. Again, still over the field, but yeah, yeah, like it's you can still just Luka. as easily go out there and go 45, 15, and 15, and we all look dumb. Right. It's still Luca, but this is about as bad as it can look. Yeah. Minnesota side is also quite bad to look at. Q tag on Carl Anthony Towns, which is really going to be the only thing that can save you here. 5% ownership, two towns on DK at 8,500 is the only guy getting any love. He's 17% owned on FanDuel. Edwards is 10 there. He has the MPE on FanDuel, not on DraftKings. I basically don't have this Minnesota side. Yeah, 5% Gobert is my highest owned guy here. He's 3% owned, no issues with that. Um, if you get to him, hopefully he replicates what Jared Allen did against the Dallas front court last night. Obviously, yeah. plenty of rebounding opportunities. Um, I, I was pissed I didn't have Allen. I mentioned how much I liked that spot, but it was just so hard to get to him on that slate. Uh, but he was a tournament winner. Um, good, So, you know, great spot for Gobert. It's just that you have a lot of centers. He is priced about the same as Drummond. Obviously, if somebody gave you 15 to 1 odds on Drummond versus Gobert, you're taking Gobert, but that's not exactly how DFS works either. I wouldn't advocate for just swapping their ownerships and playing 45% Gobert and 3% Drummond. Drummond does project better, but it is certainly, if you have a lineup that is really chalky and you just don't want Drummond in that lineup, Gobert works perfectly. He still has a high ceiling. 4% Towns, 3% Edwards, uh, 2% Conley. Not getting to a lot of this team, but it is a good spot. So happy to get to whatever starters I can. It's just that they are efficiently priced across the board this might be the worst team you can get to today utah jazz eight and a half point dogs in new orleans 238 total highest owned dude on DraftKings, two percent to marketing it's four percent to dunn or olenic on fanduel i don't have a clue who starts seems like their non-starting lineup for their last game was probably better than their starting lineup was this team is just like a random number generator of 10 dudes right now. I have one share of Markin and he's the only guy I would want. Yeah, I have 3% of Markin and I have 1% of Olinic, which probably just goes away, but whatever. Um, 8,400 Markin and not a great price or anything. 2% owned. I have 3%. Like I said, this team looks pretty actively terrible now that they are healthy and prices are not exactly cheap. Yeah. Like Olin or Markin is the only guy where I just look at it like no matter what is happening here. Like Markinen's going to play 32 minutes in a competitive basketball game and not have to deal with not starting or doing any of this other shit. But Jordan Clarkson off the bench, Walker Kessler off the bench. We're starting Colin Sexton and Chris Dunn now. THT, I assume, is back for today. That's just add another name to the list. He was playing 30 minutes a game before that. I hate every bit of this, man. Every bit of it. They're they're just gross. The, the, the only positive here is that they're very easy to avoid. Agreed. Pelican side, Q tag on Larry Nance. Cody Zeller is available. About 15% ownership coming into Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, Zion Williamson, Joe Val's at 10%. This matchup is fantastic. And these Pelicans guys are not priced like you would expect them to be. Yeah. Uh, getting not a ton of any individual guy from New Orleans, but just getting a lot of this team in general. And so is the field. Double-digit ownership coming into Zion, Joe Val, Ingram, and McCollum. Pretty much the same boat for me. 
Um, I'm getting the 15% Joval at 11% owned, 7,100. Another high upside center in the same price range as Drummond that does not look as good as Drummond, but still looks good. Um, Zion showing up 15% for me as well. He's 15% owned at 7,700. Nice cheap price tag on him. Ingram's getting 13% ownership. I only have five. He's like... The, he's another version of DeRozan for me. I never really understand why I don't have more than I do, but I just don't get to him. Shooting guard, small forward, 7,800. He looks good. 13% yeah. ownership. We have him with a 10% chance of being optimal. I just happen to not be getting a ton of him right now. Um, I do have 11% McCollum, which is in line with his optimal percentage. It's below his 17% ownership mark. But all four of those guys, the four you know main offensive starters, look good. I'm getting the 7% Herb Jones at 3% owned, 5,100 small forward, power forward. Not going to go crazy on that one, but don't mind getting some of him at low ownership. 3% Trey Murphy, very small amounts of Alvarado and Daniels, but uh, those are essentially just minimum salary guys where you're hoping to get extremely lucky. Uh, clearly looking to Zion, Joval, Ingram, McCollum, some combination of those guys as the pieces yeah. you're prioritizing from this team. I got to 27% McCollum. That's the high mark. $6,800 point guard, you know, 26th in defensive rating. That's the Jazz. They're seventh in pace. It's a really nice spot for the Pels. And these guys are all, to me, like $200, $300 cheaper than they should be. Yeah. Also of interest on Jovel, uh, we had Cody Zeller active last game. Cody Zeller did not play. Uh, Jovel played 34 minutes. We had a really weird... So I don't know what to make of the Zeller thing because... He was like reported as out and then reported as in. How are you going to say he didn't play? He played. It's like three seconds. Yeah. I, don't, yeah, I, can't, say, I can't even figure out where it is. Yeah, I'll say I was looking at it. He, he, he is on popcorn machine for 0. 0.0 minutes. I can't figure out where. No, I don't where have he a clue. No, no idea. But uh, he was act- he was available and did not yeah. play. I don't know if that continues today, but. Um, I had been talking to you before that slate started when they ruled Zeller out. And <laughs> um, the industry in general was way too low on Joval if Zeller had been out. Uh, he, in games without Zeller and Nance, had a game where he was in foul trouble. He fouled out in 26 minutes, so that lowered his average. He had a game where he played 28 minutes in a blowout, lost like six minutes. And then he had games where he played like 35 and 37 minutes. If we like, if if you know Zeller's not going to play, Projecting Joval for like 32, 33 minutes makes a lot of sense. Now, we don't know Zeller's not going to play, but the potential of him just not being in this rotation and Zion just being the backup center to Joval is very good for Joval's potential minutes. This is all assuming that Larry Nance does not play. He is questionable today. Yeah, that too. Anything else for the Pels? No. Folks, hit that like button. We need to be up over 100 so that I can talk a little bit about better. This is very easy. It's the easiest one that I do because their deposit bonus is $500. If you, whatever you put in, they will match up to 500 bucks. So link in the description or in chat. If you only have a hundred, they'll match with a hundred. That's just going to look like everybody else's deposit. Find more money guys, if you can, because up to 500 is massive. Just being able to start a bigger bankroll should be your number one priority when you're looking to sign up at these sites. The more money you could acquire to start, it's going to make your life easier down the line. Now, this is going to be just like every other Pick'em site. If you need more plays, go to Odd Shopper. You could 100x your entry if you get eight plays correct. NBA, NFL, NHL, and more. All of that is there for you. But the biggest takeaway is that deposit bonus. And it is going to go away at some point in time. One day you're going to hear this read and it's going to be back down to 100. And you're going to think, wow, I left $400 on the table. Take advantage now while you can. 
Legal age for gambling in most states is 21 or over. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem, please call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Oh, free square. That is uh, Pat Mahomes. New Year's Day or Eve? New Year's Eve. Basically the same thing. New Year's Eve. As long as he gets over 0.5 yards, you're going to feel pretty good about it. Always want to take advantage of these free squares. It's not going to be free money across the board. You don't, they don't just let you put a billion dollars down on these free squares, but every little bit helps. And if this is going to eat away at the amount of rake that you are paying to a site, this is the easiest way to do it. Make your life a little bit easier when you're using these free squares. It's not generational wealth when you do it, but if you can bring your costs of playing down, that's important too. Memphis Grizzlies. I don't know why I'm typing that Memphis in that. Sell that would be wrong. Grizzlies are seven point dogs in Denver, 224 total. We've got a uh, Q tag on John ja Morant. He has a pulled muscle in his finger from shooting them finger guns during the game. <laughs> Just kidding. It's an illness. He's sick with it, I guess. Uh, no ownership coming into Memphis. If these guys are at full strength, whatever share of Desmond Bain, John ja Morant, or Jaron Jackson Jr. you get, by all means, move forward with it. I don't think we're getting anything else here. Yeah, uh, it's just small amounts of the main pieces. Um, I'm getting the 6% Jackson, so is the field. I'm getting the 5% Smart, field's at 3%, optimal percentage is at 5%, 5,400 point guard, shooting guard. 3% Morant, he's 1% owned at 9,700. Uh, 1% Bain. Like you said, it's the, the guys that you've heard of and that you would want to play, if they land in a lineup, fine, but we've already had several teams that are like that as well. Boston, yeah. Memphis, uh, I think there was another one. Minnesota. Um, yeah. yeah, just... Yeah, like obviously Jackson, Bain, Morant, they're all good, but nothing stands out. How much does Desmond Bain stand out if Morant doesn't play? He'll look a lot better. Um, I mentioned the other day that I was interested to see what happens with his playmaking now that Marcus Smart is back, how exactly they run the rotations. Uh, Bain still Bain had his minutes staggered with Morant. Smart did not. So you still last game had Bain uh in the first half playing or no yeah you had Bain playing all the minutes Morant didn't play um so I think that those playmaking opportunities are going to be there one way or the other as long as they stay with this rotation but if Morant's yeah. out they don't have a choice but to run rotations where Desmond Bain is on ball a lot uh so that combined with clearly increased usage if Morant is out will make him look very good 8100 shooting guard small forward and obviously terrible spot here Denver ninth in defensive rating 29th in pace this is just not that kind of matchup what do you make of Marcus Smart's minutes that's not the one I thought you were going with. I was going to say, what do you make of Xavier Tillman just being like the closing center for reasons that don't make much sense to me at 4,600? But yeah. uh, I went 28 today. I, I don't think they're just going to like shoot him out of a cannon right out of the gate. Yeah, I'd be fine I, going to 30 after what he played in that first one. But I think, you know, in a week or two, he'll probably be settling in that like 32, 33 range. Yeah, I think 28 makes sense. Basically, what we saw last game was he was limited to 24. They, they said they were going to monitor his minutes closely or something. It was, it was some bullshit coach speak that sounded like they were actually going to pay attention to what he was playing. Um, he played 24 minutes in regulation. So they pretty clearly tried to hold him to 24. Then the game yeah. went to overtime. They did let him play overtime. He got to 29. So I kind of view it as the restrictions aren't so strict that they just, they wouldn't let him play overtime, but yeah. they were not trying to just play him 29 minutes. Clearly he physically can, but I think there's a good chance that he still just plays like mid to upper 20s. Yeah, agreed. Like, I think 20, I don't think you can go higher than 28 today. Right. Comfortably. 
the right. Denver like side, the, the, ooh, go ahead. The counter argument would be, oh, well, they just got him to 29. Now he can play 32. Like, I get that's greater than zero, but I, I think it's yeah. not super likely. Tons of ownership coming into Denver. 20% to Jamal Murray, 20% to KCP, 20% to Jokic, 20% to Peyton Watson, 35 to Justin Holiday, and 40 to Michael Porter Jr. Because Aaron Gordon almost had his face eaten off by a dog, and uh, he's going to be out a minute. So let's start with the, or the probably maybe the hardest question. Who's starting for Aaron Gordon? I think Justin Holiday. Yeah. It certainly doesn't appear to be Christian Brown, that's for sure. Yeah, Fun Holiday's just been Holiday has been their spot starter all season long. Um, even I don't remember who it was that was out uh semi like a couple weeks ago, but Holiday hadn't even been in the rotation anymore to the point yeah. where you know we were talking about is it gonna be Watson, is it gonna be Brown, you know, is it gonna be Strowler? And then they still went Justin Holiday. He's just been that guy for them. He's a terrible yeah. point per minute guy, but he is thirty two hundred dollars with shooting guard small forward eligibility. So he's just going to open up a lot if he does start. If he's coming off the bench, I think you can pretty safely ignore him because he's not a good point per minute guy. You need all of those minutes for him. Uh, but assuming he's the starter, we haven't projected for 16 DraftKings points, but still with a 28% chance of being optimal, 36% ownership. I'm right around the field at 38% on him as well. I think I like Peyton Watson more than I like Holiday, given the way that all of this is set up right now, at least from an ownership perspective. Uh, but Peyton Watson, power forward only. Uh, shooting guard, small forward is just a little bit more flexible. We need a little bit more information on this one too. But Watson should be the like next biggest benefit of Gordon being out because he's the only other guy in this group that we're talking about that plays that position. Yeah, I have a bigger stand on Watson than I do Holiday right now. Um, I'm right around the field on Holiday's 36% ownership. Watson's projected for 20% ownership, 25% chance of being optimal. I have 34% of him right now. Yeah. Um, I'm, again, like you can't be you can't be that comfortable with this rotation because there are multiple ways it can go. We haven't really seen you know these conditions, but Watson seems likely to be the guy that does step in and get more minutes, and he's still only $3,800. Yeah. I think Murray looks totally fine at 7,700. I think that ownership's fine. Jokic is 19% owned. I don't have that much. I'm getting to more AD than Jokic, but we could have that conversation. Clearly play Jokic if you can afford Jokic. Michael Porter Jr., 41% owned, 6,100 small forward, power forward. Does Aaron Gordon being out matter at all to Michael Porter Jr.? I think the bigger thing is that the price is down to 6,100. And, you know, yeah, there's potentially more like a bigger role for Porter, but it's not like Gordon when Murray and Jokic are in Gordon's not a high usage guy. Gordon's just out there doing a lot of things well. And so I don't know how much of that actually carries over to Porter. I'm only getting 20% right now. 40% ownership seems really aggressive. He's a good value at 6,100, but this is a what eight game slate, nine game slate, eight game slate. Um, Yeah. yeah, Where you, you have plenty of guys around six K that can beat Michael Porter jr. So we have him at 25% to be optimal or 24% to be optimal. That's still a good number. Like he's clearly a good play. 40% seems like very aggressive ownership. I'm getting 20% right now. Yeah. I just like, like his minute ceiling is probably a minute higher than it was or something like that. That to me, that's basically it. We're not really freeing anything up. It's not like, I mean, like if, if it's Justin holiday playing 30 minutes in Aaron Gordon's stead, then yeah, like that's a lower usage dude. But if it's Peyton Watson, it's going to be pretty comparable. So Still like MPJ, probably the easiest guy to get to on Denver until we know what the starting lineup is. But I don't think he's just like some new dude now. Yeah. And even as far as, you know, who's replacing Gordon. Yeah. If it's like the more minutes holiday plays, the more total usage available there is. But it's still going to be funneled to Murray and Jokic first. It's not it's not like they're going to be like, 
I mean, Jokic kind of already gets as much as he can, but it's not like they're going to be like, oh, Gordon's out. We're not going to do anything else. Let's just give it all to Porter. Yeah. Ultimately, you got to get a lot of Denver, but those pieces are pretty malleable. Like, who, yeah. you, who, who is the best play for Denver for you right now, if we assume that it's holiday starting? Relative to the field, I think Watson, based on what okay. I have right now. Um, Same. I am also getting, uh, I didn't mention it, but I have 17% Jokic. He's 19% owned. I have 13% or sorry, 11% Murray. He's 19% owned. So it does kind of look like for the main pieces here, uh, Murray and Porter in particular, that I'm getting there because their prices are good. But it kind of seems like we have the field projected to play them at a higher rate than is warrant. Like, Like we have the field projected to treat them as if they're getting a bigger bump from no Aaron Gordon than I think they're going to. Yeah. Anything else for Denver? No, I was trying to see how much Porter's rates change uh, with Jokic Gordon on versus Jokic on Gordon off. But uh, first, I accidentally put the wrong guy. Uh, Only 145 minutes for Porter where Jokic has been on and Gordon's been off. He has seen a – he's jumped from 0.96 DraftKings points per minute to 1.11. But there's also a good chance a lot of that's from games without Murray. Uh, Only 46 minutes where Murray and Jokic have been on. Gordon's been off. Still 1.15 DraftKings points per minute, but you're probably just talking about like hot shooting or defensive stats. Yeah, I was going to say, for him, he could that could just be like two games worth of knocking down threes, and all of a sudden it's just, you know, if his true shooting 75%, that'll tell the story. His true shooting isn't 75%. Higher? 96.9. Yeah, that's a a radio station. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's not a true shooting. The, so the number that I think actually matters here, if any number matters, 17.5% usage in those 46 minutes. There we go. The Miami Heat are three-point underdogs in Golden State, 227 total. Jimmy Butler is questionable. Kyle Lowry is questionable. Duncan Robinson is questionable. Caleb Martin and Josh Richardson are both doubtful. 2% ownership is the highest mark coming into Miami. There's basically no way to talk about these guys right now because those Q tags matter. But if the Q tags are active... You're probably not playing Miami. Yeah, I'm not getting much of anything. I have 3% Bam, 3% Lowry, a lineup with Hero, a lineup with Love. Field's not getting there. I'm not getting there. It's really tough. I mean, 8,800 for Bam, if Butler is in, like he can still have a big game. But the problem is just what we've already talked about at the center position. You have Drummond for 1,300 less, but then you also have Joval. You also have Gobert in good spots. You have Duran, who's 2,600 less, not in a good spot, but still playing. Um, you have live Turner, Porzingis, yeah. lively go like we you can, you can name a hundred of them. Right. Exactly. Like there's a lot of good centers and there's Andre drum. So yeah. it becomes really difficult to pay this price tag for Bam. If Butler is out, I think he's another one kind of like we were talking about with Boston, where if Butler's out, I don't think you're suddenly getting 30, 40% Bam or anything like that, but he goes from a 2% guy to like, you know, 8% guy or something. Yeah. Like, if Butler and Lowry and Robinson are all out, maybe we're looking at Hero differently, Hakez differently, whatever here. We can't talk about it right now. That's just there's three dudes questionable and two more are doubtful. That's just yeah. a shoulder shrug for right now. When you project everybody in, I know how it looks, and that's shitty. Golden State, on the other hand, doing this shit again. Here we go. Uh, highest owned guy on Golden State. There's only two guys in double digits in ownership. The first, and that's across both sites. Brandon Pajemski is 17% owned. That's the high mark. 11% coming into Chris Paul. That is second. For Golden State, it's still no Draymond, no Gary Payton. I have 33% Pajemski, which I doubt you're surprised by. Apparently, I only get this dude. Uh, 11% to Chris Paul. I think Steph looks very interesting for 
8,900 on DK, but this is just doesn't feel like that kind of matchup. I'm getting to Pajemski, and that's mostly it. I am not getting to Pajemski. Uh, 17% ownership, 8% chance of being optimal. I have 4% right now. The price okay. tag's fine. The minutes are there. Uh, matchup's not great. If you get him, fine. It's just a spot where he looks like he's going a bit over-owned, and I'm not getting it. Uh, 10% Chris Ball, 10% Clay Thompson are my two highest-owned guys here. So I'm um, even with the field on Paul. I am over the field on Thompson at 6,400, shooting guard, small forward. I don't have any problem with that. I also don't – like, that, that could easily be 3% by lock. It could stay at 10%. It's just kind of a guy where uh, he's a viable Michael Porter pivot, for example. Um, if Michael Porter Jr. is going to get 40% ownership and Clay Thompson is going to get 3 I don't mind moving a little bit of that Michael Porter Jr. to Clay Thompson. Same Similar price, same uh, – or similar position, similar price. I'm, I'm over the field on Steph. I have 7%. He's 3%. Uh, again, I don't expect to go crazy on him. It's not a great matchup. Uh, and he is someone like there is some sticker shock when you see an 8,900 or opposite of sticker shock, I guess, when you see an $8,900 price tag on Steph, but keep in mind, this is somebody that's like impossible to play in DFS when he's 9,600. So I, it's more so I think he's like correctly priced now than that he's really cheap, but he does just still have that massive ceiling. So it does become a little bit more appealing. Never going to be mad about getting to him when he's 3% on Miami 28th in the league in three point attempts allowed. That is also 25th from the corner, 21st above the break. That part of it is great for Steph. Yeah. I got nothing else here for the Warriors. Neither do I. San Antonio Spurs. Single digit ownership across the board on DraftKings. Everybody that's normally available is 12% ownership to Sohan on FanDuel, 16 to Devin Vassell on FanDuel. I don't really see a path to getting to much here from San Antonio, assuming they're still doing the same weird stuff with Keldon Johnson coming off the bench and Victor Wembanyama playing like 26 minutes. Would I like to get him at 8,700 in a matchup against Portland? You're damn right. I would. I just don't know who's going to play and how many minutes they're going to play. Yeah, it's tough. Like I, I would love to be getting 1% owned Wembanyama at 8,700 and just have this be the game. He plays 32 minutes, but yeah. there's nothing to suggest it is. Uh, yeah. You know, we, we had him limited, then we had him miss a game. Then we had him play 24 and a half minutes. You know, if that game had been competitive to the very end, maybe he plays 26 and a half. Uh, that's like the biggest reason for optimism I could put out there is it looks like they would have been willing to let him play 26. But even if you go to like 28 minutes here, you're probably not getting much at 8,700. You probably need to be going 30 plus, And I don't think you can really do that uh, from a projection standpoint. So as much as I would love to get to him, I think I'm going to have trouble doing it. Um, right now I'm getting to 14% Champagne, who is projected for 6% ownership at 4,400 shooting guard, small forward. We haven't projected for 20 DraftKings points. He's fine. Like the, the production is all over the place. The minutes are all over the place. He played 25 minutes last game, including two minutes of garbage time. I think expecting around 22 minutes from him is very reasonable. Assuming that he starts again right now, we have him at 25 and a half. So I think that is going to come down or should come down. Um, it will be lower for me. So I probably <laughs> don't even get to the 14% that I have right now. Um, Vassell at 9%, fine. I mean, Wemby being limited and Keldon Johnson not starting, in theory, is good for Vassell. There's just more usage to go around. He's not exactly cheap at 7K, uh, but I am around 2X the field on him. We do have him going a little bit under own. Small amounts of pretty much everything else on this team. Tough to talk about right now. Yeah, so I, so I think... Annoying. Well, once we get to lock, I would expect the only guy that I'm really getting, unless we get a weird starting lineup or unless we get news that Wemby is limited, I'd expect Vassell to be the guy I'm getting and probably not much else. 
I really hate that the moment you and I figured out, like, all right, we're going to be playing a lot of Wemby for like the next week or two, they were, you know, like not so fast. Well, you know, fortunately for us, they did give us two games of him being absolute shit before that happened. Yep. Very true. All right. Let's go to the Portland side of this one. This one's a little bit different. We have no Shaden Sharp, no DeAndre Ayton, same way we got it last time. <laughs> we got another interesting center dynamic. Moses Brown got the start last time. He's projected for 18% ownership at 3,900. Dwap Reith played basically all of the other minutes at center because uh, Moses Brown barely played. 34% ownership to Reith. I think he's the best play on today's slate. I have 88%. Let's have the center conversation for the Portland Trailblazers. I only have 13% right now, but I think this is one that probably changes for me. Although, How many minutes? So we have him at 26, which I think okay. is very, very... How reasonable. the hell do you only have that little amount? Um, I don't know. I'm surprised. Did you not activate your extra center oh, spots? Oh, oh no, 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 no. It's the, it's the points per minute. Got it. Got it. So, yeah. Um. We have him at 0.73 DraftKings points per minute. That is nope. not right. Um, no, it isn't. So that, that'll come up. I agree with you. I don't know that I agree he's the best play on the slate, but he's clearly a very good play. He's only 3,800. He's getting 34% ownership. We only have him 12% to be optimal. Again, that's because the point per minute rate is off in the first round of projections. So that's going to look better. Uh, we've seen, like, he's generally been the starter when Aiton is out. Moses Brown's been DNP'd every opportunity they get. They finally gave Moses Brown the start, but still just used him as a spot starter and had Reef play essentially all of the minutes. I'm not saying that you expect a 32 to 14 split, which was going to be 34, 14 if that game had been competitive to the end. But yeah. um, I think it's pretty, it would be pretty crazy to think that Reef isn't playing more minutes than Brown at this point. I went 24 Reef, 18 Brown. Don't totally feel great about that, but I didn't want the extremes. And at 24 minutes for Reef at 3,800. I'm just going to have him in basically everything I'm doing. And if he happens to start, then it's even crazier than that. Right. The ownership obviously comes up even more if he does start. But uh, yeah. for the season, 1.06 DraftKings points per minute in 305 minutes played. Not exactly a bad matchup against San Antonio either. So, um, yeah. again, like 26 minutes. Right now, we have him projected for 19 DraftKings points. 26 minutes from Reef should be like 27, 28 DraftKings points. What do you do with Moses Brown? I'm getting 17% right now. He's 3,900. He's 18% owned. I don't like it, but no. there is that path to he just plays. Even if he plays three stints, he can be fine. I think the big question is, are you willing to play them together? I know my answer, I think. It just seems... I assume we'll have enough value elsewhere that you don't have to corner the market on the only two center plays you can get from Portland. Yeah, I don't want them together, even though they're both cheap. Um, yeah. The fact that Andre Drummond is on this slate, like I, I don't want to just be cutting Andre Drummond out of lineups. And you have so many other good centers. There's just going to be mid-range centers that put up massive games today. I'm not yeah. trying to get the, oh, Reef goes for 30 in 24 minutes and Brown goes for 24 in 18 minutes. Like That's not winning yeah. me anything. So Agreed. Um, I'm not planning to play them together. I So I do think that I probably, once I rerun things, I'm going to probably lose some of that Moses Brown and get a lot more Reef because yeah. Reef's just going to project better. I'm not going to play them together. Um, yeah. Brown is fine, but at, yeah. at at 18%, I kind of think you're sort of losing the potential edge there. Like if you were like four or 5% owned and starting, it's like, okay, well, what if they just run a different rotation this time? And he yeah. is the guy that obviously can happen. But if nearly one in five lineups are playing that, 
then what that's not the most likely thing to happen. So what's the yeah. advantage? We also have 37% ownership coming into Jabari Walker as the high mark here. Uh, that one I don't have. Uh, 10% to Anthony Simons, 10 to Grant, Brogdon, Thibel, a little bit more to Scoot. I got a lot of these guys from 2Xing Simons, 2Xing Grant, neutral to Scoot, neutral to Thibel. What do you think? What are you making on that Jabari Walker ownership? I have 51 right now. Okay. I It might come down. Um, he played 22 minutes last game. He played well, uh, but he played 22 minutes. The thing is that he's a power. He's power forward eligible at 4,200. We have him in for yeah. 24 minutes right now. I don't have any major problem with that. Uh, you could yeah. definitely make the case for it to be a little bit lower, but it's yeah. it's not like if I'm getting 50% at 24 minutes, it's telling me that he's just a really useful play. So yeah. I went you know, 22 I what, minutes. Right. Yeah. Like 22 minutes. I assume I'm probably around the field at that point. We have him in 24 minutes. We have him 36% to be optimal at 36% owned. Make it 22 minutes. I assume he's like 29% to be optimal. Still nothing problematic. So he looks like a good value. Definitely want to pay attention to the ownership there. I'm getting to a ton. That of ownership speed. is just going to come down a little bit just when Reith isn't projected for 0.7 fantasy points per minute too. That too. Although we do already have 34% going to Reith. Well, I don't think that can yeah. get that much higher. We'll see. Um, You're probably right. Scoot 5K, 24% owned, 23% chance of being optimal. Uh, we have him in for 28 minutes. He played 28 last game. Uh, did get some extended run in the first half that didn't match up with the second half. So the playing yeah. time is still volatile, but that can also go both ways. Like if he really plays well, he could just play more in the second half too. I'm getting the 46% right now. Price tag's good. Matchup's good. Happy to get to him. A little scared at how much I'm getting just because he himself is not very good at the moment from a fantasy standpoint. Yeah. But the matchup's great. Price tag looks good. I don't I don't care. It's not somebody where when we get the lock, if I'm still at 45, 46% scoot, it's going to be like, oh, well, this is going to be scary. But it's not like I'm changing that or upset about it or don't understand why it's happening. Uh, getting to 24% Brogdon, perfectly fine with that at 11% owned. 7,400, uh, 18% chance of being optimal. Played 29 and a half minutes last game. Certainly could have played more. Didn't really play a lot in the second quarter. That's where you saw Scoot Henderson playing really well and Brogdon just barely came back. So there are a lot more minutes available for Brogdon. We know he can play them. We know he's a good point per minute guy. Uh, so I like him at 11% owned. Simon's getting 10% ownership. I'm actually not getting there for once. Um, hmm. It's just mostly Brogdon for me. Okay. Anything else for Portland? They look fantastic today. Yeah, they look really good. I'm getting, like, I'm also getting small small amounts of Thibel and Grant. Like there's yeah. eight guys right now from Portland that are in at least 4% of my lineups. I've got seven and at least 10. There's eight guys projected for double-digit ownership. Yeah. They look good. Final game, 13.5-point underdog Charlotte Hornets taking on the Lakers, 228 total. For the Hornets, no Gordon Hayward. Brandon Miller is questionable. Uh, stop me if you've heard this one before. Uh, Mark Williams is doubtful. 10% ownership to Terry Rozier, 15 to Cody Martin, who I think looks pretty interesting and could look even better. And then uh, 10% to Brandon Miller if he is in. If Miller ends up out, then Cody Martin, I think, looks a little bit more interesting and you start to squeeze some other stuff out. But I think the ownership is about right here. Yeah, um, Martin pulling 15%. I'm at 15%. He is cheap, 3,800 shooting guard, small forward. Not a great fantasy guy, but uh, played 25 minutes last game. And obviously, Brandon Miller was out. So I'm not saying that you project him for 25 minutes if Miller is in. But Cody Martin is somebody that can play multiple positions. He can fit into a lot of different lineups. We know that Charlotte's bench is garbage. 
And so it's just very easy now that like we know he physically can play 25 minutes. It's easy for him to just step into a big enough role that he looks okay at 3,800, especially, you know, early in the day when we haven't had a bunch of other value open up. Uh, we have him projected for 23 minutes right now, 17 DraftKings points. That's perfectly fine as just a value piece that opens other things up. Um, getting to 10% Miller, who's projected for 9% ownership, 5,700 shooting guard, small forward. If he's in, he looks like a piece that just kind of holds lineups together at that price. Um, again, if he's out, Cody Martin will look better. 7% Rogier for me, fields at 10%, 8,300, playing big minutes with no Lamelo. Plenty of options in his price range, but he clearly looks good. Uh, getting small amounts of Richards and Bridges as well. And we close it out in pretty easy fashion. Q-tag on AD, on LeBron, and on Cam Reddish. Everybody else that's normally available is. 25% ownership coming into AD at 10K, power forward center. I have 43. 18 coming into LeBron, 9,800, guard forward eligibility. I have 31 really like those two stars for the Lakers in this spot against the Hornets. I just need them to play. Yeah, that would help. Um, so I have basically the same total ownership to those two as the field, but I went about it in a different way. Um, Davis 10K pulling 26% ownership. I have 11%. LeBron 9,800 point guard, small forward pulling 18% ownership. I have 34%. Yeah. I don't have an issue with that. You know, like clearly it's not an anti-Anthony Davis thing. I think he's a great play. Power forward eligibility is really nice. Matchup looks good. Um, I'm happy to get whatever Anthony Davis I can, but LeBron has really good positional eligibility as well with uh, point guard, small forward. It's not like there's a big difference between these two on a game to game basis in terms of range of outcomes or anything. Uh, clearly yeah. either of them can win out. So if I do just say, okay, well the field's going to play LeBron less. We have LeBron with a 19% chance of being optimal. We have Davis at 17. So we actually have LeBron as slightly more likely to be optimal because I'm, I'm assuming uh, because of his positions. If the field's just going to play him less, I'm perfectly fine playing him more, but I think the main point here is I'm likely to be getting a good amount of those two combined. Exactly how that is spread out depends on where the ownership ends up being projected between the two of them. Video a little bit later, no article, correct? Yes. NBA Deeper Dive is at 5.30 tonight. Come join Adam and I as we break this one down. Shout out to Better for being the sponsor. NFL Strategy Show coming up next. Let's have some fun on the NBA streets. But first, watch some NFL. We'll talk to you later. Adam, you're not accepting his...